on this holiday Monday. Happy Labor Day, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for another edition of the Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. Coming up on today's show, we spend time on both sides of the ball as we chat with defensive coordinator Eli Satuiaki and offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. We'll be looking back on BYU's season opening 50-21 win at South Florida, identifying some players of the week, and looking ahead as the Cougs prepare to host Baylor in BYU's home opener. Let's kick off today's broadcast by saying hello once again to BYU defensive coordinator and defensive tackles coach Eli Satuiaki. Coach E, good to see you once again. It's good to be back. Well, as long as the wait was in the offseason to get to the game, uh, then we had Saturday's two-hour and 35-minute weather delay before kickoff, so more waiting. And, and we were there, right, Bas a couple days ahead. Based on the weather we saw in the days leading up to the game, I guess we kind of suspected that could be an issue on game day. Yeah, no, we certainly were ready for it, thought, thought that it could happen. Uh, I mean, the anticipation just, I mean, it was really literally, what, five, five minutes before game. Where they, they told us that we were on a rain delay, but uh, you know the, the players were excited. So was, so were we as coaches. Talking to some of the players after the game, some of them said the rain delay actually helped them. They were just so geeked up and amped up, it kind of just were able were able to go and, and calm down and come back out and and uh, you know roll. So it was it was good. I thought it was okay. Yeah, like you said, we were just minutes away from the originally scheduled kickoff. Then the field gets cleared, the stands get cleared, and then we're at the mercy of the lightning clock, and we kept resetting lightning clock over and over again. You and the coaches up in the box had to sit and wait like the rest of us. Describe how you all passed the time. It was just the best way that we could. I mean, we're, we're, we felt bad for you. You're on, you're on live air for how, how many hours there, but I mean, we were just catching up with scores. They had TVs up there showing multiple games, and we were able to watch Arkansas play for a little bit uh, and Oregon play for a little bit, who's going to be uh, some of our opponents this, uh, this year. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's really just waiting for the game and kind of jumping ahead watching some of those guys. You already said some of the players felt it might have been a good thing. What were your concerns initially for the players during the delay, and how did you think they might be affected, maybe negatively if possible, by waiting around two and a half hours after a healthy warm-up in the heat and humidity? Yeah, the, the, the shock of the speed of the game is always a concern. And so as we talk to coaches, I, you know, especially with the O-line, D-line, uh, the game comes at you really, really fast. And uh, if you're not prepared and you're not amped up and geeked up for it, you, you, it may end up taking you a series or two. And so that was one of the things we talked about just uh, pregame. Is they came back out and got ready again. Uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, at least the front for us was just firing at all cylinders, playing with hands, eyes, and feet, and just ready for the speed and tempo of the game. Finally got going. Let's get to the game itself. Um, USF was playing its first game under a new offensive coordinator in uh, Travis Trickett. Uh, based on his history and USF's returning talent, how did what you saw in the game compare to what you thought you might see going in? Uh, I felt like felt like we saw uh, what we expected to see, but uh, we were actually expecting probably a little bit more RPO game, which we didn't see as much, and it uh, it was apparent to us uh, uh, definitely by halftime as we were talking as coaches that um, they they recruited Bohannon to be a to be a drop back passer, and that's that's what they did with him, and you know he only ran when he needed to, but. Um, you know, felt like we just start to settle in by that time, and, and didn't didn't want to change the game plan much, but wasn't uh, not as many RPOs, wasn't as many uh, quarterback runs, and so we got into a little bit more four-man rush towards the end of the game than we, you know, earlier in the game. It was a little bit more of a three-man frontal spy rush, which was for us. You're not going to get very many sacks. You're really just trying to get the quarterback's face, make it difficult for him to complete passes. But uh, felt like there were maybe opportunities later on for us to get into a, a more of a straight four-man rush. 
um, as we've identified and felt comfortable with saying, okay, they, they're, they're trying to make him a drop-back passer. Let's, let's treat him like one. Did playing Gary the season before help you at all, do you think, in this game? Uh, not, not necessarily. I mean, you know, obviously you see anybody playing, but the schemes are just so different. Mm. Uh, it was, uh, it's a complete different offense, complete different system as far as just what they were expecting him and, and asking him to do. Um, you know, we, we, we knew that he was, he was going to be a quarterback that was capable of running and passing. And, um, you know, he, he did a little bit of both against us. And so, um, I, I don't think the scheme the, the year before really did anything for us. It was really just trying to identify what they were trying to do and, and who they were trying to be there, you know, identify their personality so that we could play accordingly. BYU began the game on offense, and so by the time your defense took the field for the first time, you're already up 7 nothing. and what a start to the game, to the season. Uh, Puka Nakua scores on the first play of the game for you. Yeah, that's, that's a, when your offense is, is scoring and, and playing well, which our offense has been for the last few years, I mean, it uh, helps us as a defense for sure. Not sure it's possible to script a better first quarter for BYU. Puka TD on the first play, then a defensive three and out, then a long BYU TD drive, then two plays later, you score on defense. Max Tooley with his fourth career pick. He takes the back out of the backfield and takes the screen pass to the house, and you score on D. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was an awesome play. I mean, the way that it was going, too, was just awesome. And we, we had been in that situation before, we felt like. We kept repeating it on the headset to just remind the kids, humble and hungry, humble and hungry. And, you know, the, the way that Max played this was, was, was perfect. I mean, that's his man in the coverage. Um, you know, he's sheltered, which we'd like for him to do if anybody, if they were running slants or any of that stuff, and just jumped in at the right moment and, and uh, you know, brought, brought, brought it home for us. And that's, as I mentioned, that, that's four INTs for his career. He's got good ball skills, clearly. Yeah, yeah, he's got great, the, the backers, the backers have good ball skills. At one point, a couple years ago, they were leading I think, the team with interceptions. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad he didn't stumble on that one, that one right there. When you saw Gary setting the throw, did you already know this could go where it went? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's the, this, the, the coverage was set up that way. Um, it really just kind of depended on the aggressiveness of the players. Some, some players will, you know, just look to go make the tackle. And, and uh, I thought that the aggression for him at the time, that, that he chose to do it, was, was perfect. So you're up 21-0 on that play. Second straight game against USF that you're up 21-0 in the opening quarter. You did the same thing last season in Provo. Yeah, and that's, that's what we talked about on the headset was we've, we've got to make sure that uh, the, the boys are locked in, that you keep the pedal to the metal, just stay humble and hungry and keep working at it. And uh, felt, I felt like the boys did that the whole game. You felt that was, do you feel it was helpful that you had that previous 21-0 experience that kind of slipped on you a little bit, that, that you had it, had it happen again and say, hey, let's, let's not make the same mistake? Yeah, maybe. yeah, for sure. I mean, we kept referring back to just last year and this team being a team that does, does, a, does a good job sticking to the game plan and, and uh, comes roaring back. And, and uh, I felt like it was the same this year. I mean, they were, they were certainly capable of doing that, but I uh, felt like the boys hung in there and played hard the whole way through. So from that 21-0 lead, it was another defensive three and out, another offensive touchdown. You're up 28-zip, uh, and then another three and out on defense, and that's your first quarter. It's basically a perfect first quarter, 28-0 after 15 minutes. Yeah, like it was, th things were clicking for us, which, which was huge. And, um, you know, the, you have fall camp just beating up on each other. <laughs> a lot of questions just as far as how we were going to play and who's going to show up. And, um, yeah, we were, we were happy with that first quarter. Okay, does a 28 nothing lead early, or how does a 28 nothing lead early either way, how do, does it affect the way you call the game defensively at that point? It, it doesn't for us. Uh, just don't, don't think that the offense necessarily needs to be doing anything different. You know, sometimes 
an offense that sticks to so last week we talked about on the headset last year uh, they were down a lot of games and then started to roar back and part of the problem was because the defense on the opposing side starts uh, treating it like it's a pass game and they start they start pass rushing and start doing pass pressures and and uh, and USF sticks to the run and, mm. and pops a lot of long runs that just gets them back in the game and so we felt like we needed to stick to the game plan just make sure that we were playing the run first and um, playing pass and pass situations. And there were no long runs popped. The long run of the night against you was a Bohannon for 13 yards. That was it. Yeah, that quarterback run. Yeah, if we can get that one back, that'd be great. But yeah, I felt like the, the played the the, the the front seven played. Uh, I felt played physical and stout uh, all night long, and and uh, and it was great for us to get a lot of those young kids uh, early in the in the fourth quarter to play, and they played a lot of snaps and. And uh, I, I felt good about it. I felt we saw some good snaps from a lot of young kids that I think can play for us this year. Back in the game, you're in the second quarter. The game gets to 38-0 before USF finally scores. And their first TD came on their final possession right of the first half. They convert their only third down of the first half on that drive. They score their TD on a fourth and goal. It caps an eight-play, 84-yard possession. They got something going at the very end of the half. Yeah, yeah. They, they hit some plays, uh, you know, made a couple of plays on some man coverage, but also found some holes in the zones. And, and uh, you know, we, we felt like we, we let them out of it because there's one of them was a third and 15 that they ended up converting. And, um, you know, I think we'd get out of that third and 15, which is really, really favorable for us but by down a distance. Um, we would have had a shot. And I, th I thought even on the fourth and one, there was a chance for us to come make a play. And it's just uh, we weren't uh, we weren't playing in sync all the way through, especially up front. And so we've got to we've got to do that in order for us to, to play stout defense. Okay, what do you recall saying to the guys uh, and amongst your coaches up 38-7 at halftime on Saturday? It was really the, the message was just uh, uh, finish the drill. You know, keep keep the pedal to the metal, finish the drill, um, play within the system. Um, you know, at, at times like that, you start to see guys kind of uh, reaching outside of, of their area of influence in order to make a play, and, and that's when you start giving things up. And so it's really just about, hey, play within, play within the system. Just uh, everyone, do your job, unselfish football, and and we'll come away with this thing. And I uh, felt like for the most part, that that's how they played. All right, coming up after this break, how BYU finished off a dominant season-opening win in Tampa. And we'll get Coach E's defensive players of the game as well. As we step away, we remind you that BYU football with Kalani Sitake airs tomorrow night and every Tuesday, 6.30 Mountain Time, on the BYU TV app. You can hear it on the BYU radio app as well. We have a live studio audience. Hit the seat request link you see on my Twitter feed, and we'll see you back here tomorrow night. This is the Coordinator's Corner. It's brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more after this. to quads right and the back wide receiver screen it is picked off and it's going to the house the Cougs will make it 20 to nothing with the PAT pending Max Tooley on the pick six and the Cougs are running away early all right uh, 25th ranked BYU expected to move up in the rankings after a 50 to 21 win at South Florida in both teams a season opener this past Saturday in Tampa BYU home to Baylor this Saturday in the Cougs home opener, Coordinator's Corner continues now with BYU defensive coordinator and defensive tackles coach Eli Satuiaki. Back to the game, and as perfectly as Saturday's game started uh, for BYU, the end of the first half and start of the second half, a little sketchier. Uh, Bulls scored on a kickoff return to open the third quarter. The game goes from 38-0 to 38-14 in kind of a hurry, and you all knew how last year's game had gone, so there was that guard against slippage on, on Saturday, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we felt... Felt like we gave them too much on that two-minute drive. Should should have got out of that. And then obviously you don't get a chance to play any defense and give one up. 
um, you know, on, on the kickoff team, and, and that's the kickoff team is is uh, it's it's all defensive players, and that's that's the way that we've done it purposely, just for tackling and all that. And so um, it's really just the, with with the defense, we needed felt like we needed to be better. And uh, they've got, I mean, this is a team that I think had three or four kickoff returns for touchdown last season too. This is where they like they they, they like to make up ground. Yep. They're a good special team out outfit. I I, uh, I don't know for sure, but I I, I feel like. Um, they were the number one kickoff return team at one point last year. Yeah. Just really dangerous, dangerous returner and uh, capable, as, as we saw. BYU hadn't scored on a safety in eight years, as it turned out. You took care of that stat on a, on a punt play, a punt over the head of the snapper in the third quarter. So it's 40-14 to 14 at that point. And then Chris Brooks scores on a long run, 47-14. The deal's kind of been sealed. They scored their final touchdown, USF did, on a short field, fourth quarter field goal for BYU at 50-21 final score. Do you look back on it as just a, just a solid season opening win, some things to clean up, but really happy? Yeah, ha definitely happy with it, you know, things to clean up. The third and 15 on that two-minute drive felt like we should have been out of it. Um, on on the, the second, the short field, we had them at third and 14, and uh, we, they, they, gained, they gained 13 yards and went for it on first down or on the fourth down and, and got it. And so I feel like there were uh, opportunities for us to at least get a field goal out of that one or force a field goal and then, and then also force a punt on the other one. Those opportunities are there for us, and our defense knows we talk about just certain situations. And I mean, third and long is big advantage defense, and we just didn't take didn't take advantage of that. And I don't not not just in the way that we played, but I look back at it as well as a play caller and uh, say, okay, if we're going to be in this coverage and in a three and a half man rush, a spy rush, and a four man rush, we better off in a little bit more aggression with a little bit more aggressive coverage. And you know, you, you always look back in hindsight and think, okay, coulda coulda shoulda woulda. Um, there are certainly opportunities for players as well as coaches to, to be better in those situations. BYU allows 21 in the win. BYU's now won uh, 17 consecutive games when they allow no more than 21 points. Uh, under you and Coach Kalani, BYU's now 36-9. and 36-9 and when you don't allow any more than 21 points, Is that, if that, that's your number. What do you kind of look at as defensive benchmarks or plateaus or where are you comfortable? What things do you think are important? Because it's always about points. It's always about points, and, and any of the statistics that we're chasing um, to really reach that goal, which is just fewer points every single game, is, you know, there, there's, not, there's not really a benchmark that, that we talk about as far as just if we can hold them to this many points. It's really the, the northern, northern Illinois that one year, right? We, we lost 6-7, to seven. and so it's really just the score that we need in order to win the game. And uh, some, some games are different than others. And, but uh, you know all, all the statistics that we chase as far as just trying to get to that score, I mean, you know, third downs obviously is a big one for mm -hmm. us. If we can get off the field, I mean, um, I think we talked about it just in the off season leading up to it. If, uh, if we can play a third down for every first down, it just, it just gives us more third downs. And one third down stop gets us out of the drive. And so little, little things like that that we look at, um, getting into third and long is, is a big deal, which means the way that you're playing first and second downs got to gotta be well. We're you know, look, looking for TFLs, looking for fewer than a certain amount of yards so that we can get to a third and long. I mean, all those things come into it. It's, it's hard to think like that mm -hmm. in the middle of a game. When you're in it, yeah. yeah we've got certain ways that we've, we've uh, set up our, our call sheets in order to just play that way. But... I mean, uh, after the game's done, you come back and you look at it statistically and you look at all the analytics and you say, okay, got to get better here, got to get better here, maybe should have done this diff differently, uh, opportunity to maybe just change things up in this situation. There's just so much that goes into it that way. You know, some people like a 24-point pillar. Uh, I mentioned 21. Does that feel like a manageable number, though, to you when you think about it? Like, yeah, our offense is generally speaking going to take care of business if we're in that neighborhood. 
Yeah, I, I think so. We've heard that number four with a lot of teams that do, right? Yeah. They say uh, score more than 24 or hold them to, to fewer than 24. And that, uh, you know, I think that's a pretty good benchmark when you're talking to a team. Um, for us, it's, it's, it's certainly a, an advantage for us when the offense is scoring and we're, we're getting the ball back and getting out of drives. It just uh, becomes a little bit more manageable for us because now it's like, okay, the offense is rolling. These guys are starting to change the way that they play. And it's, uh, every, every game has a different personality. Yeah. It's really difficult to just say, to, to set something. Because you get to a 7-6 all of a sudden and then you're, <laughs> then you're yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and, and right, you're like, okay, uh, uh, never want to never want to say it was your fault or your fault. There's both sides of the ball, all three phases of the ball. There's always always places to improve, and we're trying to win games as a team. And I think you start to just point fingers, and you should should have done this. They could have done this. We did our. We, we, held, we got this we number. You did. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like no, look, win the game. So in that game against Northern Illinois, um, you know, kick kicking myself because we 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 held the we held we lost seven to six, but that one touchdown we gave up was the opening drive, the second half where we we misidentified a personnel group. We had the wrong call in, and we gave up two big plays. It's like okay, offense knows what they need to do. We know what we need to do on special teams, but these two plays changed change from a, a seven to six loss to a to a six to zero win or six to three win. And so it's everyone's got to do their part and. We've got to stay in our kitchen in order to just make sure that we're, we're winning games. The, the name of the game is yeah. win the game. You won the game kind of comfortably on Saturday. What did having a big lead, essentially all game, allow you to do with personnel? Were there some more reps to be had for some guys that might not have seen action otherwise? For sure, for sure. There's, I mean, there, uh, you've got a young team. You've got, you've got young players that you feel like can contribute. And so you're putting some of these kids in, get game experience. Sometimes the, the, the lights are too bright. and. And uh, it shows, and, so, and sometimes it's just you see some good things out of young players that you feel like you can get more snaps out of them in the future. And I you know Coach Lamb did the same thing with the kickoff team. That, that kickoff that uh, we ended up giving up was the seventh kickoff of the game. And so for us, it was like you look at the first six and just what we averaged as far as giving up. You look at the first team that ran down on kickoff and, and what they did. I mean, you know, you, you, you say, okay, we need to improve on special teams. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, we all need to do that. But... Um, we felt we felt comfortable looking at just the first the first team defense running down, put a lot of other guys in there that just mm -hmm. need it. And and uh, we talked about, hey, should we start to sky this? Should we just dribble it? Like, no, these guys need to learn how to cover, and they need they need a they need film to get better. And so, um, you know, some of those things when you're looking at it in the middle of the game, right? Yeah. As, as a fan or just even as a coach, like I'm a, I'm the defensive coordinator. I'm like, hey Ed, like let's sky this thing. I don't I don't like give us a chance to play defense and. He comes on, Galani comes on. They're both talking about we need a we need. This is an opportunity for us to get better. And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't think about that as a coordinator in the moment. But it's like, no, you're mm -hmm. right. Let's let's get these guys better at covering kicks. Let's get some film of us uh, doing bully techniques, snapping off a block, just make sure we're in the right lanes. And I thought that that was a really good thing for us to do. Interesting. Uh, Tyler Batty ended up with just one tackle on the night, but we saw him kind of all over the field. Um, how did you want to use him against USF, and what was his impact beyond the stat line on Saturday? Yeah, I, I didn't uh, know that his his stats were like that. He is he is a big time player for us. He just what 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 we expect him to do, where we put him, it's just it changes it changes our defense when he's playing really well, which he did on game day, uh, huge for us. And that's a lot, a lot of times like a. Um, you know, like a corner that really doesn't show up on the stat sheet, mm -hmm. but just doing his job locking someone down. I thought, 
I thought, uh, you know, Batty was just a huge, I mean, the play number one, when they came out and they ran their bread and butter play, and Batty put the tight end three yards in the backfield and just affected it. It's a real, it was really disheartening for an offense to come and say, okay, our bread and butter, that defensive end just crushed us into mm. the backfield. And it's, I, I, I felt like uh, it set the tone for the rest of the game, at least up front for the D-line. You went in with an idea to rotate corners. We saw that certainly on the edge. Uh, your leading tackler on the night ends up being a defensive back, Jacob Boren. Uh, Jacob came out of tryouts in 2019, uh, and now he's a guy for you. Yes, he is. And he's, he's continued to show up in a positive way for us in all these years and you know, played some big roles for us the last year as well against Utah State, Washington State. And right now, he's, he, he and, uh, you know, he's, he's battled several other players to just be the starting nickel. But uh, we feel good about Bourne uh, playing for us at nickel and, and uh, helping out in other places. How did uh, Keenan Peely look to you in his first game back after last season's injury? Yeah, but you know, both, both he and Peyton, just uh, whatever cobwebs there are, you know, relatively for two really good players, mm -hmm. uh, they got him out and felt we felt good about just uh, being able to, to get those guys back on the field as well as with, with Ben and, and uh, get a lot of good quality snaps. Felt like the backers crew played uh, really solid. Let's get to MVPs. We're going to have you look at uh, defense, and we'll give you Coach Lamb's special teams as well. First on defense, your defensive MVP was our, uh, our picker of the pick six, Max Tooley. Yeah, Max, Max played really well. And obviously, that's, that's a big thing for you to not only get an interception, but pick six. It's just uh, it's, uh, huge for us. And he, he's had a really good fall camp. Uh, was not surprised at all by the way that he played his first game this season. Coach Lamb gave us special teams MVPs, top rock. Jacob Robinson, top block, goes to Hinkley Ropati, Keenan Peely, and Mason Fakahua. And the player of the game on special teams was Talmadge Gunther. Yeah, really good for us to see some of these guys contribute with, you know, you're, you're getting guys out of the running back group um, that are playing some, some good quality snaps for you on the return team. And, and then Tal Talmadge is just, is just, he might be the favorite player for everybody on the team. Hmm. He's just, uh, he's a great personality. He's, he's always uh, upbeat and cheerful. And, uh, I mean, he, he does so much for us as a team. All right. It is time for a break once again as we take a timeout. A reminder that uh, dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and Harriman. This weekend, BYU's place host to Baylor in a future Big 12 preview. Listen to Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio starting at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain, Saturday night. Coming up next, defensive coordinator Eli Satuiaki helps us preview that game as the coordinator's corner continues. Brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. The snap from Riggs, placement by Rico. The kick on its way from Jake. Not a lot on that one, but it's through for three. And Oldroyd makes it 38-0. Here in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. We're visiting with BYU defensive coordinator and defensive tackles coach Elisa Tuiaki after his team's 50-21 season opening win at South Florida. Well, you can't win them all if you don't win uh, the first one. And BYU is now 6-1 in season openers under Kalani Sitake. As a program, you guys have a nice history of kicking things off the right way. Got to keep it up. Got to keep it going. USF uh, setting up a meeting of ranked teams this Saturday. Uh, the new AP poll won't come out till tomorrow. We'd expect that both BYU and Baylor are ranked. Uh, Baylor beat Albany 69-10 to on Saturday in Waco. What did Jeff Grimes' offense show you against FCS on Saturday? Um, they're, they're rolling from, from what they did last year. Just a really, really capable offense. Lots of weapons all over the place. Really good offensive line and, and tough scheme to defend. Lots of new piece, pieces uh, in the Baylor offense. A new quarterback, uh, running backs, most wide receivers also new. 
But uh, you mentioned O-line. Four of Baylor's five O-line starters are back. Tight ends are back. Baylor ran behind that line for 303 yards last season in, in Waco. Yeah, no, there's, uh, there's, there, there's certainly a lot of uh, firepower in, in the offense. I mean, um, you know, obviously, they, they won the conference. And so they're a really good team, really good offense. And it'd be a, be a great test for us and one that I know the kids are looking forward to with the way the things ended last year. And it's another game that ends up as a future Big 12 conference game preview. And that's kind of a cool component of it, too, knowing this will be a league game in future seasons. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I mean, for us to get a chance in our last year of independence to be playing the conference champs is is, really, is, is huge for us. I mean, we're obviously everybody in the conference is chasing them. We're, we're chasing them and, and uh, be a great test for us to see where we're at again uh, against the conference champs. Yeah, where, and where do you feel BYU is right now in that, in that progress to be at Big 12, quote unquote, Big 12 level football when things hit next year? You know, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of things in place. You know, we were, we were playing really well last year and when we were playing against the Pac-12 early in the, in the seasons until things started to go downhill for us on defense with just injuries. But um, when, we're, when we're healthy, when we're all, um, you know, accounted for, I think we're a tough team to beat. You know, obviously the offense is, has been dynamic for us and done a really good, good job for us, especially later in the year. I mean, they floated us by in all those wins where we were trying to figure things out on defense. But I think uh, right now with our health, uh, where we're at, it'll, it'll be exciting to play them. You're in a season of independence and the full throttle on this year. How much like peripheral attention do you find yourself paying to the Big 12 these days? Can you afford to? Do you have an even time, mental time to do that? Do you think of yourself as a Big 12 team already? How do you kind of look at it that way? I mean, we, 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 we pay attention. I mean, we keep track. We're watching it, but uh, we know that we've got our, our last uh, season as independence. And I mean, there's a lot of excitement obviously going in, but uh, no, nothing that really affects us in, in the time here and now. And so, it's really just uh, the same way that we would pay attention to any conference that's going on. It's just we, we're, we're all ball coaches. We follow ball. We pay attention to everything that's going on. But we know that uh, we've, we've got our season in front of us. How excited are you about being a P5 program in an expanded playoff era here in a few seasons? Uh, that, I think there's a lot of excitement. Um, you know, it's you look back at a couple of years ago just where how difficult it was. Yeah, how narrow it was. Yourself, yeah, yeah. And, the opportunities to find yourself in, in, in that game. I mean, what Cincinnati did last year was just was tremendous. But I think for everybody to have an opportunity to play, um, you know, in your conference and have a chance to, to land in it, is, I think is really exciting. All right, Coach E, great to be with you again. Have a great week and good luck against Baylor. All right, thank you. All right, that is Coach Eli Satuiaki. Get expanded pregame coverage of BYU Saturday home opener versus Baylor with BYU Sports Nation game day starting at 8 Eastern. That's this Saturday night. Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick. This is the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU want to know after a season opening 50-21 to win at South Florida on Saturday in Tampa. Next up, rematch with Baylor. Bears beat BYU 38-24 last season in Waco. Second half of today's show begins now as we switch sides of the ball and bring in BYU offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick. Coach A-Rod, good to see you once again. Good to be here. Well, that was a season opener to remember uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, Two-hour, 35-minute weather delay before you got to play. Uh, you were in the booth next to our radio booth. I saw you busy with your call sheet basically the entire length of the delay. Take us back to Saturday and your process as you waited through the delay, which included at one point torrential rainfall. 
Yeah, well, uh, first of all, we, we talked about it as a team uh, before the game that that was possible. We knew there might be some weather. And we've had a couple of other delays since I've been here and did not handle either one of them very well. One, one was the bowl game last year, and the other time was Utah a couple of years ago at home. And so we just wanted to have a good plan and be ready for a delay, you know. And so I thought our team handled it really well. It showed a lot of maturity. Um, the guys, the guys did a good job with that. Um, and then, yeah. And then when the when the rain hit, though, when it really hit, that's when I started. <laughs> I started uh, sort of scripting a bunch of contingency plans of ways we could maybe still be creative or dynamic, uh, you know, in bad weather without just going strictly to just you know running the ball up the middle for four quarters, because it was raining so hard. I was trying to think of, okay, what things could we still do in our offense and still be hard to defend? So when the game actually did kick off after two hours and 35 minutes, were you back to your original call sheet? Yeah, because by the time the game started again, the rain had stopped yeah. and, and the field was actually in good good shape. So, uh, But it was coming down so hard there for a while that I, I started thinking, okay, we might have to you know, shift gears here and do something a little different. But we ended up running our normal plan. Okay, uh, into the game itself. In the first six seasons of the Kalani Sitake era, the first offensive play of each season was a pass. Uh, Saturday at South Florida, you called a run, uh, a jet sweep to a wide receiver, uh, Puka Nakua. He makes a house call. How confident were you that could be a chunk play uh, from the get-go? Uh, first of all, I was aware of that first stat. At, okay. least, at least in the time that I've been calling the plays, we've thrown a pass every time. Right. And, uh, I Did want, you want to change it up? I wanted to change it up, and I, but I wanted to get the ball to Puka. And so we thought a jet sweep was a guaranteed touch. Good compromise. You know, he, he, he's going to for sure touch the ball. And I thought I was going to gain, I thought I had a good chance to gain 10 or 12 yards. And I had a, another play call. Uh, we were going to go fast tempo on the second play. And I didn't end up needing it because it, he, he made a great play and it was blocked almost perfectly. Is that what took it to the end zone? Is that is how it was blocked? Yeah, you know, those three guys, the, the two tight ends there, Mason, uh, Dallin, and then Chris Brooks, uh, those guys are blocking to lead the jet sweep, um, and they, they did a great job fitting up their blocks. Uh, that's, that's just how you practice it. And then there's one man to beat the safety that we can't block, and Puka beat that he guy. He does a nice job there, yeah. Made him miss and then just turned on the jets. He's, he's an explosive player. So there it is, 7-0 on one play. On Saturday. Now, in the Kalani Sitake era, BYU now 26 and 2 when you score a TD on the opening possession. The Cougs have won 24 straight games with an opening drive TD. You guys are really good front runners. Yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a goal of ours every week to start fast. And then we also feel like just as a program, our defense um, is tough to score on when we have the lead. You know, they, they just, they're built, they're built for, um, you know, they create turnovers when you get teams in a situation where they have to play from behind, have to throw, have to catch up. And so just as a program, I think we're, we're at our very best when we can get ahead and um, you know, keep the pedal down on offense. And then our defense, man, they, you know, that they do a lot of cool things. It might not seem, you, you might not notice on TV all the different variations of things they're doing in the back end. You know, they get their hands on a lot of passes. They, make, they, make, they mess up a lot of quarterback reads with all the different coverage variations they can do. And um, so I think, again, we're, we're trying to play team football, and I think that's when we're our very best. Some might say it's intuitive. Well, the team with the lead usually wins all the games, but it means more to BYU than it means to its opponents because the opponents, when they take a lead, it's not as automatic as it has been for BYU. Something about the way you guys play when you get in front that means more to you than even your opponents. Sure, and, and um, you know, and we, we, 
we can come from behind too. And yeah. We're a team that can strike fast on offense, and we feel like we can win any any style of ball game we have to. But uh, of course, we always want to start fast and put the pressure on the other team to keep up with us. Okay, more on Puka. He was kind of in and out during training camp. Did you feel pretty good about his readiness for that first game going in the way you'd handled him? Yes, I, he's a really smart guy. He's been with us now for a year. Um, he knows the whole offense this year. A, a year ago, it took us till about mid-season before we could really consider him an every-down player. But this year, I knew and had no doubts about his ability to to function in the offense. It was more just about him being fresh and feeling good. And so that's why we gave him some days off in fall camp. Okay, your second drive lasted longer than one play. Uh, three passes, seven runs, 10 plays. The last one, it's another Puka fly sweep though. This one closer to the goal line, that's another touchdown. Yeah, he's the best jet sweeper I've ever coached. I mean, the guy, he, uh, he averaged 11 yards per jet sweep last year. And um, he's off to a pretty good start this year. He's just, he's got a knack for it. And again, those arc blockers, there's Mason, you see Mason and Dallin there again, fitted up perfectly on those, on those blocks. Um, that's, there's, a, there's an art form to that that mm -hmm. we practice a lot, and Coach Clark does a great job teaching those guys how to do it. Max Tooley picks six later, and you're up 21-0 less than halfway into the first quarter. It was last year's USF game all over again. Yeah, it felt like it, and that's funny that you mentioned that because then as soon as we were up 21-0, everyone on the team started talking about, okay, this is where we were last year, yep. and then we sort of let up. And so the, 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 uh, you know, the mantra was pedal down, just keep going. And so I thought we did a much better job this year of uh, continuing to stay in attack mode. And that was a great play by Max. We, we see that all the time in practice. He's a very instinctive guy. Complimentary football with the offense scoring twice, the D scoring once, 21-nothing. And then your third offensive possession ended Puka Nakua's night as it turned out. He got dragged down, his foot got twisted. Um, how much of the walking boot and the crutches we saw Saturday were precautionary? How concerned should we be or you are about him being available for Baylor? Um, I'll know more about that later today. Um, I know he's, he's getting checked out and stuff. He seems confident he's going to be okay, but I won't know more until later. Okay. Uh, so Puka left that game, and your next three plays after he leaves the game, Wake catch for 10, Brooks run for 40, 21-yard touchdown toss to Keanu Hill. BYU ties its all-time first-quarter scoring record with 28 points, 28 nothing after one quarter of play. What does that do to your call sheet when you've got that kind of lead after 15 minutes? Yeah, it, it was just, um, I mean, it was a fun quarter because the guys were really executing the plan, and um, you know, I thought we did a lot of good Good things in that quarter, just spreading the ball around. We, we were able to run it and throw it, which is what we wanted to be able to do. We, we played in a lot of different personnel groups, and um, it, was a, it was a great way to start the season. Did, it, did you say, okay, now that we're here, we don't have to do as much as I wanted to? Did you villain the vanilla it up a little bit more? I mean, how does it, I mean, when you got the kind of lead? Not, not at the end of the first quarter. We weren't, I wasn't thinking that yet, um, but yes, definitely in the second half, we. Uh, Dial back a bit, maybe. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah we and we de we slowed down the tempo. We were playing really fast tempo in the Tempoing first half. really well in the first half. And then yeah. second second half, we slowed it down a little bit just to, you know, that's what you that's what you should do. You know, run the ball, eat the clock, and get out of there with a win. Uh, USF defensive coordinator Bob Shoup likes to bring the heat. Uh, their defense had a few moments. They had seven tackles for loss yeah. on the night. Yeah, they do some things. They're disruptive. I thought for the most part we handled it well, but they got a sack on us one time. Got a couple of pressures that we, you know, things we can correct. Um, there's, there's definitely some corrections we can make, but it's a, it's a scheme where it's, he can make you look bad if you're not, 
if you're not prepared. And I thought for the most part we handled it pretty well, but they definitely got us a few times. Your last touchdown of the first half came on a nice little play uh, near the end zone. Can you talk us through the uh, touchdown to Dallin Holker there at the end? Yeah, just uh, it's, it's just it's actually a play we run all the time. Uh, it's, it's actually a pretty simple play, but we were going pretty fast. We, it was a fast tempo play, and they just weren't lined up. They didn't get enough people over there to defend it. The, the play itself isn't that complicated. It was just more how quickly we were snapping the ball, and they, they didn't have enough people over there. You're using Dallin Holker out there. He, he was out there a lot of the night, though. Dallin, he, he's yeah. Not, yeah, he's out there. Yeah, Dallin's a, he's, a, um, he's an every-down player for us. He's a really good football player, does a lot of things, and um, he's, he's improved so much as a blocker. That he's a real tight end. You have to, the other team has to treat him as a tight end now. You know, he's not just some tight ends – they're listed as a tight end, but the other team knows they're really just a receiver. They don't treat him like a tight end. They just treat him like a receiver. But when he's in the game now, he's, he's become a, a good enough blocker that the other team has to respect that part of the game and, and uh, it makes him more effective as a receiver. So you go to the halftime at 38-7. Is that about a good of first half of football as you could hope for in an opening game, a season opening game, offensively? Yeah, it was definitely a solid half. I was, you know, we were happy with it and, and – um, you know, we, it's only one half of football. We, got, we, we knew we had a second half to go, and we have a lot of games left, so we're not like we've arrived or anything, but mm -hmm. I was proud of our team, and I want them to feel good, about, feel good about it when we play well. All right, break time. As we pause, we'll let you know that tomorrow at 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app, you can watch after further review as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon break down the game like never before. When we come back, more with offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick as the coordinator's corner continues. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more right after this. Hall hands off to Puka Nakua on fly sweep, and Puka Nakua's got a first down and more. Puka Nakua mangle all the way. The 30, the 20, the 10, and well worth the wait. On first down and 10, a 75 yard touchdown. We are back on the coordinator's corner visiting with BYU OC and QB coach Aaron Roderick after the Cougs 50 to 21 season opening win at USF on Saturday. So many players returning for BYU on offense, but there were some new pieces to the puzzle on Saturday. Uh, let, let's hit a few uh, with you, coach. Uh, Kingsley Suamataia at right tackle didn't go all the way, but uh, played a lot for you on the edge. Yeah, it was his first start and um, he did a lot of good things. Um, he's still learning the offense and, um, you know, there's a few things he can correct, but thought he was physical and you know you see flashes of his athletic ability in the backfield Chris Brooks makes his BYU debut two runs of 40 plus yards including a 52 yard run that was your final touchdown of the night in the second half yeah Chris played really well um, he played played like we expected him to play and uh, you're gonna see a lot more of him this year he's a very good football player 135 rushing yards on 10 carries it's the uh, most rushing yards uh, against an F, or I think it was 13 carries, right? Uh, most rushing yards against an FBS opponent in his college career, and he's been uh, he's been playing for a while. It was a big night for him. Yeah, and again, he did exactly what we expected. That's what he's been doing in practice. And you and you told me that um, you'd had your eye on him for some time, and you finally got him, and you're so happy that uh, you're able to use him now the way you did. Yeah, I loved him in high school. Thought he did a really good job at Cal, and. Um, He's, you're going to see a lot more of that this season. And you, you picked Chris as your offensive MVP in this game? Without question. He, he played uh, nearly a perfect game. I mean, he really didn't. In pass protection, he was great. 
had some really good chip blocks on their defensive ends, picked up in blitz pickup was, was good. And then he had that great block on the jet sweep for a touchdown on Puka's first touchdown. And then he ran the heck out of the ball. Um, so couldn't be more happy with how he played. So graded out pretty well at, at running very, back. Very good first game for a guy who, you know, first game in our offense, yeah. Okay. At wide receiver, you were already without Gunnar Romney uh, going in. Then you lose Puka in-game. But you still complete passes to 12 different receivers. Uh, tight ends, by the way, had eight of your 16 catches in the first half. Was that, was that clearly a designed part of, of the game plan, was get them involved to that extent? Yeah, I wanted to get the ball to Isaac Rex early in the game just, um, just because I'm proud of Isaac for – Every, you know, he, that, that injury he had in the USC game last year was about as severe of an injury as I've ever seen. And it was sort of not even expecting him to be back this season. And to, for him to start the first game and play like he did, I was really proud of him. And I just wanted to get him, get him involved early just to get him going. Uh, but you're going to see all three of our tight ends touch the ball all season. They're, they're good players. And then I was pleased with the young receivers. You know, some, um, I guess Cosper's not that young, but he, he made some good plays. Um, and he's a guy that's just had bad luck with injuries, but we've always believed in him. We've always, always thought he was going to have a, a big role on our team, just if he could stay healthy. Um, Chase had a good game. Yeah. Uh, so did Cody Epps. Um, Terrence Fall got his first career catch. Um, you know, that, and that was a pass play that was designed for Puka. And, you know, uh, we had run a couple of fast tempo plays. A couple of receivers got tired, and Fessy threw Terrence out there, and he went out there and made the play. Yeah. And, you know, that was, it was good to see those guys step up. Was that play on a third down to Terrence? I'm trying to remember uh, if it I was. I think it was a second down. A second? I, I can't remember now. I think it was. A I, th I think Cody had a third down catch. I think Cody had yeah. one that was on a third down but earlier. It was, uh, you know, just again, it was it was a great example of a guy just stepping up and being ready for his opportunity. I don't even know if he got a rep at that play in practice, but he, wow. he knew what he was doing and he went in and got it done. Uh, and that that was a that was a Puka design play and and. Um, Terrence was ready for his moment. Okay, you mentioned the Puka injury earlier. You're going to wait and see on Puka's availability for this week. How about Gunnar Romney? Uh, Kalani told us in the pregame Saturday that there was hope that he could make it into the USF game. Didn't happen. Wasn't going to be available on Saturday. How do we stand with Gunnar right now? I'm hopeful. I thought we were. I thought we were close last game. So uh, should be. Should we should be getting really close? Okay. Uh, leading receiver with catches for you on the night was was Cody Epps. Yeah. Uh, leading receiver on yardage was Chase Roberts. Uh, so even without Romney and without yeah. Puka, uh, for a lot of the night, the wide receiver room still showed out. You talked about it already with Terrence even being involved. This is a pretty good night for the group. Yeah, I've been a little cautious with my praise of those guys because they, they've all played really well in practice. I just wanted to see them do it in a game, you know, and you, you never know if guys are really going to show up in the game. And uh, they did exactly what they've been doing in practice, and our confidence level in those guys is really high. Uh, Jaron Hall's night was really solid. Uh, pass efficiency rating 161 on a 25 for 32 night. Two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, what did he and you see on the INT in the end zone in the third quarter after a nice drive? That was my fault. I, um, that play, I called it too close to the end zone. Um, and as I called the play, I even asked the other coaches. I said, hey, I think we might be too close for this. Should we call timeout? And decide to let it go. And the guy who intercepted the ball, we, we are accounting for that guy with a, with a route that uh, ran out of space, basically. Mm -hmm. Chase, Chase Roberts, we were too close to the end zone, and Chase ran out of room, and the guy came off of Chase to intercept it. And um, Jaron was accounting for that guy to be covering Chase. And So was it designed it was, to take a, Chase longer, it deeper? It was a spatial issue, yeah, that uh, I regret. I, I put that more on, on me than on Jaron.
Okay, and and besides that, I mean, Jaron had a, I think he had a long ball dropped uh, earlier. And yeah. he had, I mean, Jaron was really, really played good Saturday well. night. He, he he played very, very well. And, you know, one of the things you don't notice is just how often he's getting us into the right play. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like to go into it all and, you know, and tell all our secrets, but mm-hmm. about half that game, he's in control of, he's got a couple of different play call options. You know, we're giving him options and he's getting us to the right one. And... Um, in all the past plays, he's getting us in the right, the right situations to get everybody blocked, and he's doing a lot of things out there that go unnoticed that are very advanced. I think one in particular that stuck out was I think I think it was a key third down in which he made a late he made a shift uh, with tight ends and, and Chris and ended up putting you into the right play. Does that ring a bell? Correct. That is yeah. one of that's one of the plays I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep. All right. Time again for a break. When we come back, a preview of BYU and Baylor with Coach Aaron Roderick. But as we step away. We remind you that uh, for your daily Cougar Sports play-by-play, tune in weekdays to BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCWs. We're back with more with Coach Aaron Roderick right after this. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCWs, the Burger Boys, Built Bar, Fuel the journey. And by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys, wrapping up with BYU offensive coordinator and QB coach Aaron Roderick today. Cougars home to Baylor on Saturday in a meeting of ranked teams. We'd project their rank, rankers will come out tomorrow. Another sneak peek at life in the Big 12 as well. Saturday's game kicks at 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time. Rematch of a game lost last year in Waco. Bears won at 38-24. Uh, BYU threw Aaron for almost 350 yards in that game, but a tougher time getting the ground game going. 67 rushing yards, 33 for Tyler Algier, but you were down multiple scores. A lot of that game last year could have played into it. Recollections from last season? Yeah, uh, just we had a tough time running the ball early in the game. And then, um, you know, most games last year we were able to sort of solve our issues in the run game. Even some of the ones that were tough sledding early, we'd figure it out in the second half. But that game we were behind, and so we had to throw to try to stay in it. And we threw the ball very well. Um, but that we, we weren't able to play the team football that we like to play that day. You know, our, our defense had their troubles, and we had our struggles. And I just thought – Baylor was more, the more physical team that day, and um, that's going to be a challenge. They're a very good team. You didn't really know totally what to expect from USF this past Saturday, but you have a really good idea yeah. of what Baylor's going to bring on Saturday at your place. Yeah, just the opposite, right? Both teams run very similar offenses. You know, we played against their defense last year. They played against ours. So there's a lot of, you know, we, we know a lot of their coaches. They know a lot of ours. So this is just going to be a, a you know, a dogfight. It's going to be a a really tough game. What is it like to go against, although he's not a defensive coach, you know him so well, uh, the, the guy running the other team's offense is somebody yeah. you know so well in Jeff Grimes. Yeah, I, you know, I, honestly, I, I, I love Grimey. We talk often. Uh, and then the week of the game, I just sort of put it out of my mind. I just think about the Baylor defense and doing my part to help our team score points. And then, you know, I'll, I'll shake hands with Grimey after the game and give him a hug and, and uh, you know, wish him the best. Uh, after the game. And how good's the Baylor defense? Very good. Yeah, they, uh, a year ago, I think 30 points was the most, they, they gave up 30 points one time the whole season. And um, most games they were shutting people down and they played against a lot of good offenses that they just completely shut down. So we definitely have our hands full. And in future years, this will be a conference game, which is pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. And, um, you know, it's, that's down the road, but we, we found out we got a, uh, you know, last year, Big 12 football, we were, we were not quite ready for it that day. So this would be a good test. All right, Coach Roderick, thank you for the time. Have a great week. Best of luck against Baylor. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. It's great to be here. All right, that is Coach Aaron Roderick, and that'll do it for the Coordinator's Corner on this week two. For Coach Tuiaki and Coach Roderick, I'm Greg Rubel. Have a great week, and go Cougs!